Hey friend, do you have ADHD? Maybe, maybe not. It really doesn't matter because either way, you're so welcome here. Whether it's you or someone you live with that has the squirrely brain, I'm here to help. On this show, we'll be sharing perspective shifts and hacks and systems and routines that all work for people of all ages with neurodivergent brains. I spent the last almost decade working with students as a special education teacher and navigating my own ADHD. Whether you want someone to hold space for you or you want the tactical, tangible strategies, you're in the right place. I'm going to help you learn to let it be easy, work with your unique strengths, and move from scattered to simplified. And we're doing it all with positive perspective, self-compassion, and a whole lot of God's grace. Let's do this. Good morning, you beautiful human. Today, I am going to be talking all about seeking out an ADHD diagnosis. But before we hop into that, um, I want to read a review. I'm going to maybe start doing this on a regular basis. We'll see. Um, But anyway, my most recent one, I'm totally going to butcher your name and I am very sorry. Moranatha? 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 I don't know. Please DM me or something. Let me know how to say it the right way. But anyway, um, your review completely made me smile. It said, thank you for making this podcast. Even on days that you are tired or in a rush, makes you so real and makes me smile. And thank you for keeping the episodes brief. Thank you for your tips and putting yourself out there to help people like me. I've had so many of you tell me that you find other self-help podcasts or books or whatever really overwhelming because it's just too much. And so I love that these brief episodes are really hitting home for you. I am going to be honest, today's is going to be possibly a little bit longer. Um, I'm still thinking under 20 minutes, but we'll see. So we're going to get straight into it. I have had some of you emailing me and DMing me and you're like, okay, so yeah, like I'm pretty sure I have ADHD and now what do I do? How do I talk about this? I'm scared to talk to my doctor. What, where do I even start? Like all of those things. So today we're going to talk about who can diagnose, some tips to prepare yourself for the appointment, and some examples about how to utilize the information that you learn about yourself along the way. So um, first up is a disclaimer that I am not a medical provider in any way, shape, or form. This is not medical advice, and I do not have credentials to diagnose anyone. I just have ADHD myself, and I've worked with hundreds of children who also do. Um, And yeah, I'm just passing along information. Do with it what you will, and I think that's all. Okay, so um, this episode is mostly going to be for adults seeking diagnosis, but kids essentially go through the same process. However, caregivers are the ones telling their stories. So sometimes schools will also fill out behavioral questionnaires um, that will be taken into consideration for that diagnosis. A school cannot give you an ADHD diagnosis. But if your child has an ADHD diagnosis, then they could be identified as other health impaired and have um, an, like IU, an IEP or a 504 if it's impacting their education. And that's how you can get them accommodations and if needed, also specialized instruction. If you want an episode all about kids and IEPs, let me know and we can definitely do that in the future. Um, okay, let's get into it. So first up, who can diagnose? primary care providers, psychiatrists, and some therapists, depending on their credentials. 
Um, even if your therapist cannot diagnose to you, they likely have some good insight um, because they know you and spend so much time with you that they could give you um, advice about whether or not they think that that's an appropriate diagnosis for you to seek out. They can also give you screeners or they might be like, eh, you know, it could be that, but it kind of looks like it might be more like this and, you know, just give you a little bit of information that way. Um, a full assessment with IQ testing and stuff is not necessary, and those are usually really pricey. Literally, all you have to do is have a conversation with your doctor, and it's going to be based on symptoms and like the DSM-5 criteria, um, and whether or not this was present in childhood also. So all of that other stuff, like if you want that information about yourself and you are in a place to have it, that's fine, but if someone is telling you that that's necessary you're not being told the whole truth. Okay. Um, maybe it is different in other states. I don't know. Every state that I've, well, I've only lived in two states, (laughs) but I haven't heard of it being different anywhere else. Okay. Um, so the next thing is consider doing a couple of screeners. There are so many different online screeners. You can even print out what you write down. Um, like your answers, you can print those out and use those to help guide your conversation with your doctor or whichever provider you decide to see. Um, and it also just gives you really clear language about what you're struggling with because a lot of us, a a lot of this becomes normal to us slash we just don't really know how to verbalize what it is that we're going through. So when you see it on paper and it's like, uh, I can't even, I literally can't think of any of them right now. Oh, talk successively. Like, oh yeah. Okay. I mean, that might be one you already know about yourself. I can't, I can't think of one that might be like an aha moment, but anyway, just seeing it written down on paper in a question form. And it's like, Oh, like, you mean not everybody does this? Not everyone struggles with this. And so it's just going to give you some really good language for that conversation. Something else to take into consideration is to be aware of the DSM five criteria. It's a list of symptoms that they use to diagnose, Um, And if you want episode 58, I go over the DSM-5 criteria, um, so you can listen to that audibly if that floats your boat, and I believe I also have the link there for you to go read it as well. Um, But that's going to be how they diagnose you. It's going to be based off of of that list, and um, they're also going to ask for examples of childhood, and so or from childhood. So be thinking about that too. I'm going to give like some specific examples in just a minute. Um, but think about that also as you're like going through that questionnaire, like how did this show up for you in childhood? Um, something else I have in episode 62 is symptoms in women. Um, and then also I'm just going to drop this other episode now. Um, my late diagnosis story is episode 16. And in that story, I talk a lot about like how that looked for me as a child, but like I grew up in a certain setting. I'll talk about this in just a second. Um, but it just gives some good examples. It might be helpful to listen to that one too. Um, okay. And then the fifth one is it also would be helpful to think about ways that you're already accommodating for yourself. So before you even go talk to your doctor, I would be going through all of this and writing all of this stuff down because you and I both know you're going to forget half of it when you're at that appointment um, or you're just going to be like, overwhelmed and not be able to like think straight and get to it because it can be like kind of scary and kind of a big deal um 
So I think that's really helpful to just write everything down, like write what you're struggling through, write the ways it also showed him in childhood, write down the ways that you accommodate for yourself, because all of that is like a piece of that puzzle. Okay, so I know a lot of you have told me that you are scared to talk to your doctor. I would say first and foremost, it's completely fine to just open with that when you go talk to your doctor. Um, Also, before I get into those examples, if you have like multiple providers, like if you have a primary care, if you also have a therapist, whoever is going to be the easiest for you to talk to first, I would just start there. Um, It's kind of like one of those like no wrong door kind of situations. So whoever you feel most comfortable, talk to them first and see what they think and what the recommendations are and whether or not they can um, help you in that way. Okay, so you're scared. I get it. You can literally open with that. Like, I know that it's kind of hard sometimes to be vulnerable, but you can literally at your doctor's office because they they're already going to know a little bit about why you're there, right? Unless you just bring it up at like a yearly checkup or something. Um, but just start with like, I feel really nervous to have this conversation, but I've been struggling with this and this and this and list off a couple of your symptoms. And, um, you know, I've learned more about ADHD recently and I kind of feel like that might be what I'm struggling with. Is this something that we can talk about and just kind of open it up there? And if your doctor is like completely shuts it down, then okay, just stop there and go somewhere else. Like don't completely go like if if you open up with that and they're not going to be receptive to that and empathetic and want to hear you out, then they're probably not going to be the best provider for you anyway, because every time you go in there, you're going to feel not great. Right? So I would just start out with that. Like I just, I feel kind of nervous to have this conversation. I've really been having a hard time with this, this, and this lately. I've learned a lot about ADHD and I was wondering if we could talk about if you think that that's why this is impacting me or what, what you think is going on and just start there. And like I said, you can even bring in the screeners and stuff that you've completed to have a conversation about that. So when I went to the doctor most recently, like, okay, I'm going to try to think back to the very first time when I got diagnosed. I think the very first time when I got diagnosed, I went in there and I was basically like, Hey, I'm a special education major and I've learned a lot about a bunch of different disabilities and I'm pretty sure I have ADHD and here's a screener I did with my therapist and that was kind of how we started that conversation and then the conversation that I most recently had with my doctor was just like hey I have an ADHD diagnosis from like almost 10 years ago I've been off of medication for nearly four I had my baby and then I was breastfeeding And, um, you know, I've tried this, 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 and this, and I'm still just not in a place where I feel like I can manage it without medication right now. And he was like, okay, yeah. And he was very kind and empathetic. And then he asked for like a couple of examples, um, about, I don't, I don't remember exactly what. And then he also asked me like, did this also show up for you in childhood? And I'm pretty sure, honestly, he like went through the DSM-5 and he was like, what about this? What about that? And I was like, yes, 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 a lot, a little bit. Um, And then he asked how it showed up for me in childhood. And so when I think back to my childhood, I was like, well, first of all, um, when I was a toddler, my mom invented the quiet game in the car because I would literally never stop talking. Probably could have thrown in that I have a podcast now, but I didn't. (laughs) 
and then um, I was like I grew up in private school and so I was in it was like a one-room classroom with multiple grade levels in there and there were still only like 20 kids and we all had these like individual desks that lined the wall and they all had dividers so I couldn't see anybody else or what they had going on I was just like in my own little cubicle essentially all day and it was really really quiet in our classroom like nearly silent pretty much all morning and then in the afternoon we would get to do centers and so I got to work at my own pace and it was a really quiet environment and so it was really distraction free and so I didn't really have a lot going on there I was like but I did go to public school for one semester and the only memories I have were um like situations where I was essentially impulsive or fidgeting and I got in trouble. Like one time I hit a kid in line because he butted in front of me. Impulsivity. And then the other time I got in trouble because I was playing with a necklace that I'm pretty sure I got from the book fair. It was like a plastic surfboard on a long string. I don't know if you guys remember the way we would like weave um weave string through our fingers and then you could like put someone's wrist in the middle and like pull it apart and it would like I don't know. Anyway, I was doing that with my fingers on that string in the desk and I got in trouble and essentially I was just fidgeting which at my private school I could do all day long I would doodle in all of the sides of my papers I would create stuff out of paper like at my desk but no one cared because I was getting my work done oh that was the other thing too I forgot about I was also allowed to listen to music at that school we would bring in our little portable cd players and our headphones um and we could listen to music while we worked as long as they didn't notice it impacting our work in a negative way and so like i was able to make all these accommodations when i was a kid and then i got to high school and there were like fluorescent lights and there's so many people in there and it's loud and there's talking and it's just like sensorial sensorial is that even a word like i was my senses were offended 24 7 in high school like it was so loud the fluorescent lights all the bright white walls and having to stare at a screen that was far away and then like perfume and I don't even know what else but anyway so I was able to bring up all these examples of when I was a kid and then I talked about the way that like it's impacting me day to day like I'm having a really hard time with paperwork at work right now because I can't really manage my time super great and when I'm trying to leave the house, I have to come back in the door like two or three times several mornings a week because I'm forgetting something necessary. Um, I'm missing due dates on things, like just all kinds of things like that. And so if you're talking to the right doctor, it's going to be a lot more conversational than it's probably coming across in your head. So also keep that in mind. Um, okay, I think I'm going to end this one here. If you have any more specific questions about anything I um, said today feel free to send me an email. We can talk about this like in a one-on-one setting. Also, listen to episode 58, 62, and 16 if you're vibing with this episode but you want more. Um, I feel like those will fill in some of those blanks for you. So anyway, um, the last thing also is you don't need the diagnosis if you don't want it. Like if you already think that that's what you have, you are welcome to continue learning from ADHD people and doing things in a way that work for people with ADHD whether or not you ever officially get a diagnosis. It can be very validating to receive that diagnosis so that's just something to keep in mind. Like if you want it great if you don't that's okay too. So anyway I think that's literally all this time for real. 
Um, and then, of course, as always, send me an email if you want to work together one-on-one. I'd love to work with you. I'm working on um, niching down some of my messaging um, because it's pretty broad right now. I will let you know right now, I cannot help you with laundry and dishes. I just cannot. I can help you... Um, I can help you think of some creative ways to try to get things done, but I will tell you I've never mastered either one of those things except when we just lived out of a clean laundry pile right outside of the dryer for a season. And honestly, I was perfectly happy with that. Um, <laughs> but I can I I know lots of different ways to accommodate and modify for dishes and laundry, but um my husband is just naturally good at those things and he's at home, so it is just a huge blessing that that is how our relationship dynamic is currently working. So I will say I cannot help you with that, but girl, I can help you with some parenting. I can help you with meal prepping, planning. I can help you with time management, um, organizing. I'm great at organizing stuff in my house and finding systems that actually do work and work for like a sustainable amount of time. I don't always do them perfectly all the time, but that's okay because we all know that accuracy when you have ADHD, like 60% above, great. More often than not, that's the mantra. Okay, anyway, um, I think that's all, and I'll see you in the next episode. Love you, bye!